Talk and Power, your motorsport and motoring radio show. Now on 88.5 FM, the valley comes alive. And podcasting across iTunes and talkandpower.com.au. All right, welcome to another episode of the Talk and Power podcast. And we're back with our good friends at Targa West. I'm joined with uh, Todd Brinkworth over here, and we've got Ross Tapper over there on, on Zoom. Thanks for joining us, Ross. Thanks, guys. It's good to be back again. And yeah, this, the year goes very quickly, doesn't it? This looks like the other day that we were um, talking about the event, and we're back here again. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> It was it was a very exciting event last year, and uh, we we thoroughly enjoyed it. I enjoyed a number of the stages, and I know the year has gone past very quickly. And uh, hey, we're it's, we're grateful that you can make the time to come on because I know we're literally only two and a bit weeks away from the start date. Before we get started, tell us. I mean, um, what's new in twenty twenty one? What's what what have we got to look forward to this year in terms of of new? We just keep trying to improve what we're doing. Yep. Uh, from a comp- competitor's point of view, we're throwing in um, another running the Wanneroo stage a third time. Um, up at 2J, we're going back to running the race course and 2J stages back the other way. Um, and otherwise, pretty much similar to what we've been running before. Mm-hmm. Of course, um, the Ellenbrook stage on the Thursday night, um, the crew up the Ellenbrook Community Collective doing an amazing job to get uh, bits and pieces up there. We're going to be, um, the D1WA drift cars will be up there as well. So they're not, Ooh, they're always cool. been, as you know, they're up at Malaga. Uh, this year they'll be um, not drifting, but um, it's probably not the right thing to do in the middle of a metro area, but we do it under control way. They'll be doing donuts on, on a number of the intersections to entertain <laughs> the crowd. So... Uh, it'll be something different and a hell of a lot of fun. Well, while we're talking, Alan Brook, because I had it in my notes here, that was a real special stage last year for us because Todd and myself, we were there at the uh, uh, 88.5 FM um, stand as well. And yep. we had a really good close-up view of the cars. Uh, and um, it was a great event. Tell us. For those that haven't been to Allenbrook, the special stage on the Thursday night, so we're talking Thursday the 16th of September, head on over to Allenbrook. I mean, it's not very difficult to find because if you head head to Bunnings, it's basically happening behind Bunnings. Yeah. Um, Tell us a little bit more about that event. How I mean, that in itself is an event on its own, really, isn't it? Oh, yeah. yeah. Like... To run these super special stages, how we what we call them in our sport, they quite often take up just as much time and effort to put together as as the rest of the rally sort of thing. So um, with Targa West, we run that one. We run the one on Malaga Sunday morning, and of course the big one in the city. So a lot of work goes into them, and this has all come about by the Ellenbrook Community Collective to um, um, kept on badgering us to say, come and do something in. Um, in Allenbrook, and um, no, we tried it a few years ago, and mm. I, I get a bit of a kick out of the fact that our officials start coming to us and saying that they get hassled by too many spectators, and I go, well, we don't very often get grizzles about the fact that we have too many spectators in rallying, so yeah, literally get overrun, as you say, the back of Bunnings, down to the Allenbrook shopping centre. Um, through that area and it's the new railway station will be there in a couple of years time so not sure what we'll do then but at the moment it's a nice little area and a good little stage 
And um, and a lot of people come out. We estimate about five thousand people come out to watch the stage. So it's um, a good, good good fun evening. Yeah, I actually reckon it's probably more. Uh, last year, I reckon yeah. it was. There were thousands <laughs> just up on the. Yeah. People like you to tell me what's out there. So. Oh, I don't know. I don't think 5,000. I think you're really selling a, a fair way short there, Ross. I, I, when we were at when we were at Allenbrook last year. Oh, it was huge. I reckon there was probably just 3,000 people in that immediate vicinity where we were. So, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I think, yeah. yeah. But anyway, I'm, I'm going to be there. Todd will be there yeah, as I'll well. There. We're, we're yeah. certainly looking forward to the, yeah. the Allenbrook stage on Thursday night. So I urge all of our listeners on 88.5 to head there as well. If you, oh, There's a number of other events to get to for the thursday the friday and the saturday and the sunday of course but just wanted a special shout out there hey ross while we're talking about things that are new any new entrants for this year as well um no because uh, no we haven't got anyone coming from over east but we do have a very very strong field like uh there'll be 64 cars have entered mm-hmm. and um like the, the, the top three from from last year, Mark Green made a last minute, um, like the last day he entered on, he says, oh, look, I can't sit back and not be in this event. He wanted to put his time and effort into his business yep. and crumbled at the last minute and, and put an entry in. So he'll be back. Will White and Jeff Foster, who came first, second and third last year, are back. But, mm-hmm. of course, you then got... Um, Peter Rollo and Mark Cates and David Heaton, Dennis Heller. Um, so it's a fairly strong field at the front end. Um, so I reckon it'll be one of the strongest fields we've we've had in Targa West. So I, oh, Steve Jones, of course. Oh, Jones, you would kill me if I didn't mention him because he's been <laughs> telling everybody he's going to win. So <laughs> you, you beat me to it, Russell. But I say like, you better mention Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, and he's no, I think he's won it five times, so he's coming back to show everybody how good he is. So, and that's really good. Like, it's it's just going to be a full on four days of hot competition at the top end of the field. Yeah, hey, Ross, I must say, some pretty good promo work from some of your entrants as well. I don't want to name drop too much here, but I was at the Darren Field Days last week. Car number seven was at that was at the Darren Field Days. Uh, that was Peter Burgess and Mark. Uh, Eisenhower, I think that's how you say surname. Uh, they actually had their car up at the Darren Field Day. So that's some great promotional work yeah. that was exposed to, I mean, I don't know, 15, 16,000 people over two days. So that hats off to those guys that are doing that, allowing, you know, there's an Audi R8 from memory. I'm pretty sure it was yeah, there, out there. Right. Yeah. yeah, and leaving it at an agricultural field day. I mean, it was it was a you know looked after obviously, but it's still you know a big ask for them to get their car only two weeks beforehand to a field day. So I thought that was pretty pretty special. We've also got um, they're putting their car into the uh, T4 terminal at Perth Airport, and we've got another one. Um, Mark Cates is sorry, he's another one who's, who's an outright winner. Um, his car's going into T2 at the Perth airport next week. And even though we've not got any interstate um, flying, people flying in, but we've got a lot of FIFOs going in and out. So mm. um, very thankful to the Perth airport for that uh, promotion. So yeah, oh, guys do get right behind us to make sure that this event's well promoted. Yeah, 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 certainly, certainly. 
While we're doing special shout outs, this is one that's kind of slipped under the radar. I just want to shout, we interviewed Brad, Brad Woon, I think that's how you say his name, and, and Karen yep. a few, ep- well, quite a few episodes ago, Targa Southwest, yeah. you know, down there. Their son, Matt, won gold at the, for sailing in, the, um, in, in, in Japan for the Olympic Games. So special shout out to them as well. I know they're, they're fierce competitors in Targa West in previous years as well. So I He's think that was... a run this year, but um, uh, Brad and his wife and, and his son, his wife and son swap co-driving on different events, but they're good supporters of Targa West. And mm. it's great to see their other son um, succeed in his sport. Yeah, yeah, most certainly, most certainly. Ross, tell us, um, just are you? It was a bit of a shout out a few weeks ago, looking for volunteers. How are you positioned there for in terms of volunteers? Are you still looking for more volunteers? Uh, definitely, um, that's probably our hardest part of the job between now and the event. Uh, like we've got over two hundred registered already, but we need to get over four hundred. So mm-hmm. we're a long way to go there. Um, so if anyone can help out, if they can get onto targawest.com.au, uh, click on the officials button and, and work through the, the steps. If we've got a, a new online system, or they can just go um, onto a more simpler system. But yep. um, no, if they can get in there and register, yeah, it would be really, really appreciated. For those, for the uninitiated, I'll call them, tell us, tell, tell us, Ross, what, what's involved in volunteering and, and just explain to, to them that, you know, how close they can get up to the action by volunteering. Yeah, the, the, the biggest number of people we, we do need people for is the road closures and it's a fairly simple thing. It's um, effectively just put some tape across the road and park your car halfway across the road so that... Um, the public can't come through. We do have um, traffic management further behind that. So you know, the normal metal road close signs that you'll see, um, they're all around on the main entrances and end of the estates. Mm. Um, we do promote it out through all those estates with, with flyers and promotion and signs go up. So um, no, it's not a hard job. All we need to do is get out there um, meet our team leaders on the stages, be taken out to where their um, road closure is and you know, spend three hours watching the event go past and and ask the public not to drive out on the stage, of course, because mm. you know, it's something we just can't have. Yeah, yeah. No, certainly. I, say, I think it's some of the best times I've ever had, Ross. I've done it a few times now and helped out and actually sort of go and take photos at road closure and end up being at a road closure helping out. And it's like you get to chat to people, watch the cars close up and... You meet some interesting people. I've actually made made friends that I now see at events, and it's like, oh, we did the road closure together. Yeah, it was really good, wasn't it? And it's a good yeah. way to get amongst it without getting amongst it just yet. And it's part of luck of who you're going to get at your spectator point or a road closure point. It might be nobody. It might be a few people. It might be a few houses just wander down the road to have a look and potentially bring down um, a bit of lunch or something and feed them. Like a number of officials talk about the fact that they were lucky enough to. Um, have a spot where the locals come down with their small barbecue and cook sausages while they watch the rally go past. So, um, yeah, there's some amazing stories come out. And, of course, the locals get out there and you know, they'll take a lounge chair down in their front paddock or they'll put a crane up in the sky so they can get a better view in their own grandstand. So hmm. um, all sorts of stories come back to what goes on in Targa West. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. No, and I, 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 I concur, Todd. I know last year I, I, we went to Two J as well, and uh, yeah, wasn't that wasn't re- well, it was a road closure, but it was also a spectator point as yeah. well. It served as both, and yeah, you can get up really close and personal with the cars as well, and uh, from a safe distance, of course. But I, I, I really enjoyed it actually, and I, I know, I know you know a number of people that are getting around yeah. to the road closures, so it's, it's awesome. Hey Ross, just tell us a bit when I'll just walk through the dates here. So Thursday the 16th of the 9th, we start off, we kick off at the Supreme Court Gardens in the city. Then we head out to Whiteman Park. Then it's Wanneroo Raceway and then the Allenbrook Special Stage. Is that correct? That's correct. Yep. Yep. So um, start at 11.45 at Supreme Court Gardens, which is a, a new start location for us. Mm-hmm. Um, Forest Place is not available this year, so... Um, it'll be nice and photogenic in the middle of the park there. It's a nice part of Perth. It's a beautiful part of Perth, yeah. Supreme Court Gardens. Uh, then Friday, it's Parkerville, Mundaring, and the Calamunda. Uh, Mun- then it's the Northbridge Show and Shine, which is one of my, even though it's not a, no, no racing in Northbridge. I really love the, the Friday night feel in Northbridge where all the cars are parked up yeah. along Lake Street and James Street as well. Street, yep. Yeah. Yeah, so we got Parkerville, which is a this is the third year that we've been running it, um, and the one it's only a small stage, relatively small stage, but the, the competitors absolutely love it, and a lot of the, the um, uh, locals come out and spectate on that stage, and of course the iconic Calamunda stage we call it along Mundaring Weir Road that we run twice in each direction, um, plus up and down, up not down, just up the zigzags. Mm-hmm. And a lunch break in the middle of Kalamunda, the, the city of Kalamunda supports us before we go to the Forestfield Shopping Centre for a service. Yep. And then into Northbridge, and you should say, getting all yeah. the plus cars in there and lots of people and you know, plenty of places to eat at uh, whatever level you wish to, to, to choose. And it's a good opportunity for, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's a good opportunity for fans to get up close and personal with the cars, yeah. but also talk with the drivers as yeah. well. I know I know a number of the drivers and co-drivers go and have something to eat, but a lot of them will stay with the car as well and come back and you can have a chat with them. I met Jim Richards, had photos with Jim Richards many years ago now, maybe 10 years ago. Yeah. We, you know, and I, where can you do that? And this was in the middle of Northbridge. Yeah. You his car, you know, how great was that? Oh, that's right. It's good. Know, the, the, many of the competitors just absolutely love showing off their cars and talking about their cars, and um, and you know, it's a great atmosphere in there. So we're in there from six o'clock to nine o'clock. Mm-hmm. Um, so come down and, and you know, grab a bite to eat in Northbridge, chat to the drivers and crews, and and have a look at some nice cars. Like you're going from a late model, no, current model Porsche through the 1964 Mini. So there's plenty to see of variety, whatever whatever you not like looking at. Yeah, definitely. Saturday the 18th of the 9th, we head off to 2J, which is is huge. I love 2J. The 2J, uh, the 2J stage is there. There's quite yeah. a few of them there. And then off to Bullsbrook as well. So I haven't missed anything there, have I, Ross? Yeah, the lower Chittering or Maryville stage. Yep. Um, that's our that's our longest stage of 20 kilometres so, and about 25 intersections. So there's plenty of activity to keep the, the competitors um, sorted out. And that's that's when it gets to the crunch point. Um, after you know, two and a half days, the long drive over from Jolamar Road over to Lower Chittering and down into Bullsbrook um, and long stages getting late into the day. So 
that's where the fitness kicks in and those who've looked after their tyres to make sure they're fully ready to tackle those big stages before they go into the Bullsbrook Light Industrial Area late afternoon for a service to get ready for the, the finale on Sunday. Yeah, okay. All right. And speaking of this finale on Sunday, it's the Malaga Super Stage as well. That's did that a few years ago. I really loved that yeah. too. That was a great, great event. And then you finish off at Langley Park, which is also obviously, you know, speaks for itself. Yeah, Langley Park, apart from the fact that Tiger West is finishes up there at about 3.30. But in the morning, we've got the Tiger City Sprint, which is for drivers only at a completely separate event. Mm-hmm. Um, 60 cars in, entered in that. There's a celebration of motorsport on Langley Park that's got a full range of cars and bikes and buggies and go-karts and um, a lot of activity going on there. We've got the um, Viper wheeling machine where you can you know, go do a wheel stand on a motorbike that's on a rolling wheel. So it's a, no, you don't actually drive it down the road. But, <laughs> um, plus the Harley-Davidson wheelie group. Uh, Supermotos activity, um, plus you know, the race crafter there with the simulators, 96 FM with their big screens, um, plenty of food and, and action going on, heaps of cars. And over on the riverside is the Challenge Classics on the park where 200 odd cars will be along the edge of the river. So um, plenty to see and plenty to enjoy from both activity on the, on the roads and a lot of static displays and, and stuff you can be part of. Oh, most definitely. Uh, the, the Sunday stage, the Sunday is probably one of my favourites as well. Now, Ross, one thing we always hammer home on the podcast here about Targo West, spectating is free. So yeah. I can't drive that message home clear enough for all of our listeners. Head out to any of these events. It's free and it's, it's, it is top-end motorsport. It really, it really is. It's probably one of the – I always say it's the pinnacle of, of motorsport in Western Australia. Yeah, it is. Yeah, no, it is. And, and very fortunate to have um, our sponsors in Healthway, City of Perth, Shannon's, Midland Toyota, who, no, they sponsor us because it's a free event. Um, they mm. understand that um, by getting behind us that we can put these events on and invite the public to come down. And you know, whether you're a car enthusiast or like being out in the country and enjoy a bit of motorsport um it's a a great weekend um some people follow it for four days and others will pick the stages that they've got the time to go to but plenty of activity and things for people to be part of and that finishes up on langley Park with a multitude of things to see and do yeah no it is it's a magnificent event ross can i ask a question when you on the sunday night or monday morning after target do you just like Take a sigh of relief. What's the feeling like when the when it's all said and done? Exhaustion. Um, after we've done all this competition, we then have a dinner for over three hundred people at the Hyatt Hotel. So, oh. yeah. So now, if you said to anyone, would you organise a dinner for three hundred people? Most people would back off and say, "No way." Well, that's just another thing on top of it. So. It's our presentation, our gala dinner, um, supported by the City of Perth um, and the Hyatt look after us. But it's a big night, so we don't get to bed until one o'clock on um, Sunday night by the time we've kicked everybody out and, and cleaned up a bit. And then um, 
Monday's packing it up and then uh, Tuesday or Wednesday we go and drive the stages just to make sure all the tape and the tags and any bits and rubbish or signs that may have been left behind are um, picked up, taken away and cleaned up and hopefully no one even knows we've been there. Come, you know, come Wednesday night, there shouldn't be anything out there that shows that we've been there. I've got to be honest with you, the, th the, the Thursday night stage, I hung back for quite a considerable amount of time on the Thursday, the Ellenbrook stage yeah. last year. I actually went into McDonald's in Ellenbrook to get something to eat. Then I, when I was leaving, I actually went through there. And honestly, this is no word of a lot. You couldn't tell that a, that a Targa rally had just been through town. It was it was packed up within literally hours yeah. that night. Yeah. Uh, like if you think that, like on that Ellenbrook stage, it's not until football. There's a bits and pieces go in. The fencing and toilets and all that sort of stuff arrives early. But mm. roads get closed at 4.30 and um, they're open by 9 o'clock at mm. night. So you've, you know, the guys get there, they put out all the fencing, all the barriers, all the tape, um, to put up the lighting towers. Um, we compete for two hours and then it's all pulled down, put away. And... Um, and then um, no, we move on to the next stage the next the, the next day. So yeah. that goes on for four days of um, shutting down roads, competing on them, cleaning up, opening up the roads and, and move on. So a terrific mm. group of people and that's why we need 400 plus officials to make it happen. Yeah, yeah, I can understand that. All right, Ross, well, look, we'll let you get back to, to organising and we really appreciate your time and uh, shout out to David Smith as well. I know he couldn't make it tonight yeah. on the, on the podcast, but we appreciate, we appreciate everything you guys do for us. I know you, whenever we ask, you're on there straight away and we really appreciate the time you give us. All right, Ross, well, look, we'll uh, end this podcast on that note and uh, we really appreciate your time. All the best. And uh, we look forward to seeing you in a couple of weeks time. Yeah. Thanks Ross. Good on you. Thanks guys. Take care. What's out. Okay, Talk and Power podcast, episode 119. It was great to have Ross Tapper on there. Give us a bit of a preview into Targa West 2021. It was great to have him on uh, once again. And um, we got in the studio. He's joined us, um, Simon Gonzo Travellini. Better late all... than never. Yeah. Is that, is that how it works? No, it's all right. It's all good. He's right over there. Got Todd Brinkworth here. We're on... 88.5 FM where the valley comes alive and also podcasting on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast from. Yeah, that's right. And YouTube as well. But tell us about YouTube because I, I don't know how we're not that big on YouTube. So I don't know if we should persist. Our numbers are much bigger as an audio, not visual. Yeah, we need to do some YouTube stuff like car builds and stuff like that. And we keep saying it. there's some stuff in the works with uh, because... I've got one for you. Oh, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> I've got... You know, we keep ranting on about this EV stuff. Mm. I've got enough stuff lying around to build an EV. You've had enough stuff lying around to build an EV for a long time. Yeah, yeah. It's Even actually my EVs. brother's stuff. But it, yeah, <laughs> Even before EVs were cool. I think they're we not, should do it. Cool, we should do a backyard built EV. What in? A Camry? No. You know, I was thinking, <laughs> well, well, you know, apples for apples, right? Mm. Okay. So I'm pretty sure that this is like a 100 horsepower Curtis motor. Yeah. Right? So, my buggy has got about, I don't know, similar horsepower, maybe yeah. less, maybe more. I'd just like to do a back-to-back -back comparison. We know how quick it runs with the, the petrol motor. It's like 14-something. Yeah. Mm. 
Can you get the weight layout right, though, with the motor and batteries? I don't know. We'd have to find out. I just want to bolt the motor, like take the Volkswagen one out and bolt the electric. Now, for those listening, That's a fair at, comparison, for those listening at home, I think someone's mentioned it once or twice on the show, but, I mean, I have fond memories of this car, and I think I've said this before. Your yellow beach buggy, mm. correct? Yeah, it's still going. Yeah, I, it is <laughs> one of my favourite cars. beautiful little car. I have always lost a bite off Simon one day. It's very old. Yeah. It's like its owner. <laughs> it's a beautiful car. I love it's it. It's falling yeah, apart really. like its owner, you know. Well, that's what's cool. It's got cracks. Not an EV, but EV is it a cool. is it a Manx shell or is it? It a, is a Manx. Yeah, there yeah, you it's go. A genuine, one hundred percent genuine Manx. So yeah, for those playing at home, Dave's is also a yeah. Dave's Manx. is a Manx too. Yeah, look at it for a Manx. Actually, it was on. It was on there on a TV show called The Grand Tour. I think we can say that. They yeah, bought, I don't know. I can't remember. Yeah, they, they, bought, had, they did have three bikes. They bought, there, one of them was a genuine Manx. They drove across the beaches in somewhere. I can't remember right now. But yes, yeah, so there you go. Mm. But yeah. Anyway, I think that would be like if we just unbolt the Volkswagen motor, yeah. bolt in the electric motor, put batteries somewhere in the front, I would imagine. There's plenty of room in the front, really. Mm. Yeah. Take the fuel tank out. Yep. Oh, you probably would get the weight balance right, wouldn't you? I don't know. That'd be something pretty well, cool. we to find out. But I think it's comparable power just to mm. see what it runs down the quarter. Mm. Yeah. Right. Well, well, I mean, we should. We should. And right, chuck it on YouTube is your idea. Oh, we'd do the whole build. We'd do the there conversion. Backyard, proper style backyard conversion. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, because everyone's got milling machines and plasma cutters <laughs> and lathes in their backyard, haven't they? It's 2021, please. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> of course they do. Mine's some other backyard. Tins and <laughs> pipe benders. And... <laughs> anyway. Uh, it's, um, I don't know how we'd segue from that into Formula One. <laughs> I think I think the buggy would have gone around the track just about as fast as those Formula One cars were. Yeah, there's your segue. What, what an absolute debacle. What a debacle. Yeah. To call two laps of a race a race. Yeah. What's happened to the world? Are we not, that, not happy, Nick? Are we that greedy? Are we that greedy that we were that we had to call a race and the only and to do that so that way you don't have to do refunds. And listen, teams. listen. You know, like I said in the break, okay? As long as Hamilton didn't win, it was a good outcome. (laughs) (laughs) We've just left the best track in the world. Sorry, let me rephrase that. The best track on the Formula One calendar. It's it's not. It's yeah, not. yeah, you're right. It's not the best track, but it's the best on the Formula One calendar. No, no, not even on the Formula One calendar. Which is we have this argument every time. Monaco. Thank you. No. That's Monaco. Not. Thank no. you. No, no, no. Where else do you get to drive, like, through a tunnel? Yeah, and past princes and... No. Have you seen the actual size of Monaco, the roads? No, and they have, they have I've the driven... vintage Grand Prix after. Yeah. It's killer. It's awesome. Track. I've been there. Oh, so you're up on me. I never got there. Yeah, no, I've been there. But my point is, this is this is a racetrack, not some... Ride. Okay, so racetrack, not the... <sighs> if Monaco's a street circuit, there we go. No, anyway... Anyway, <laughs> we just left the best track yep. on the Formula One calendar, and we raced two. Climate change, there. Nick. It's climate change. <laughs> yeah. Blame it on climate change. I can't believe. Ring it. up Greta. <laughs> Tell her we, this is a debacle. You called it a debacle. A debacle. A debacle. Debacle. Yeah. This is a debacle. We need to resolve this climate change so we never have that happen to Spa again. Stefano Domenicali. 
CEO of Formula One now, Michael Massey. I mean, they are hiding behind the fact that it wasn't their call. This is the rules. This is what we're going to do. I understand that. But wasn't isn't it meant to be like a six lap minimum or something? I'm sure. Two, two. They can. I know they two. only did two, but um, I, th- I, th- I was sure there was a something like a six lap. It's all about not refunding people their money. Or why couldn't they yeah. race today? If you can't race today, I get that. But like schedule might not allow them to race today on the Monday, the day after. I was what I'm referring to. There. No, I think I think most of the track trucks are packed up and are going to the next circle already. From what I saw. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Then give the people their money back <laughs> on the Friday. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Give the people their Before money back. For the then. race. Yeah. If the schedule doesn't allow you to race the day after, I get that. Yeah. They actually NHR, NHRA, drag racing across the world, you race on the Monday. If you can't get the job done on the yeah. No, Saturday, no, sorry, Nick, we don't in Australia. We don't do that. Sometimes we do. No, we don't. Sometimes. When have we done it? We get the we not, get not, the event done. When we the event gets done. No, we don't. Sometimes we run it at the next event. Sometimes it disappears into the ether. I know, but you know Sometimes what I mean. even if the event has been run, it disappears into the <laughs> NASCAR, we run it the day after. Motor GP, they delay it. Yeah. We saw a good one, was it year, last year, the year, um, year before, where it was delayed by about an hour and a half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, well, they, this was, they yeah. waited two hours last night. Yeah. More. That's more right, yeah. yeah. Look, at the end of the day, this is all about the dollar. They didn't want to refund those people, their fans, their money. That's yeah. all it is. Sorry. It's great. Will those fans be back next year? I've even my mind. I was about to say, I reckon this is the pinnacle of a few people going, really? Mm. I think it's left a lot of people pissed off. Yeah. Well, they listen, were standing in the rain, these people. I tell you what, right? If you made the decision not to go to Spa and go to watch the MotoGP, you wouldn't be disappointed. <laughs> well, they were <laughs> over those, in England there. Those lucky people were at Silverstone. Which Silverstone. Is another, you know what? It's up there. With, it's not as good as Spa, but I, 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 I put it up there. I like Silverstone. Technical track, mm, I think. Yes. Technical yep. track. Really brings out the rider, mm. you know? I, I mean, obviously, horsepower is going to have an advantage anywhere, but there, uh, you know, the, 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 the rider really is, is the, the guy who's got... What it takes is going to win that race. Mm. And we saw that. We saw that. Didn't we? It was a bit of a... Can we just talk, before we get into the race itself, let's talk about the shake-up in MotoGP. You made a good point here in your notes. What what a crazy... (laughs) What a crazy week. What a crazy week. I wake up one morning and I see that Vinales is off to Aprilia. I was like, what? Yeah. So you guys know about the Rev Limited incident? No, you need to talk about that. All right. so, So there's video footage of him... Bouncing it off the limiter like he's a LS1 driver in a burnout comp, <laughs> going down the back straight. Um, this is kind of like he's pulled out of the race. He's just driving back to the pits, more or less. And um, you know, it was alleged that he was trying to blow the motor up. Now, whether he was or not, I don't know. Uh, it didn't look good. It didn't look good, and that led to him being suspended. And then, not long after, he comes forward and says, you know, he wants to thank everyone at Yamaha. Uh, but we're parting company. Yamaha says, you know, it was a mutual agreement. Um, mate, it was hours later that he's got a seat at Aprilia. I know. <laughs> and poor old, poor old uh, uh, Alex Espargo, who, who's been working his butt off to get that bike. You know, you've got to understand those guys. You look at the success of KTM and Suzuki, right? KTM in particular, from nothing to winning races. Right, Suzuki 
very short space of time. They'd be there once before, but you would doubt there would be much technology that they could bring across from their earlier endeavours into you know the old two-stroke era. Mm. Um, Aprilia has always been there, but this has been a, a crack in the four-stroke era, and they have not uh, had a, a podium since I think it was 2005. Yeah, okay. That's incredible. Long time ago. Yeah. So he suddenly finds out that he's going to be the number two rider after, after all this work. <laughs> <laughs> well, he had something different to say about that. And then, out of nowhere, Dovi, which I still can't believe Dovi got let go of. Mm. I mean, I didn't, I didn't see... I thought that there was other development work being done. You know, they got the ride height gear, and I'll talk about that a bit later. A lot of things have changed on the bikes in the last season, which have, have evened them up a lot. Um, Dovi, you know, got let go of, and, and now he's found himself riding for Yamaha. So, there's, and you know what? Desmo Dovi's still got... Uh, sorry... I'll rephrase that. Vinales has still got championship points. If he does make it to the next round, potentially, now I'm not saying that he can, but potentially he can carry on with his championship chase. I mean, he's a long way off. Mathematically, I think it's impossible. Yeah, <laughs> but you're right. He has, got, he has accrued a few points. He, he's currently in seventh spot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know? Um, now, I mean, something dramatic. You would have to say, well, it's not just me. Uh, um uh, Banyaya uh, has conceded defeat. He, he's come forward and said Fabio's already won the title, um, referring to Quattararo. Uh, now, Quattararo, in reply to that, said, I'll start thinking about the title after Misano. Mm. So the flying Frenchman um, being the real story of the MotoGP, he, he got out in front and he, he made a second in one lap. Yeah. That was just a phenomenal ride. You know, he is... Uh, and you know what? This is a really exciting era. I've said this before, but you look at the guys. Um, number one, look at that race. Yeah. Six, first top six positions, right? One to six, six different manufacturers. Mm-hmm. I mean, how good are the guys at uh, uh, the FIM in, in achieving parity? That's yeah. just unbelievable. Formula One needs to look at what these guys are doing and maybe... <laughs> Have a think about their program. Um, and, you know, look, although Quattararo's got a 65-point clear lead at the moment, have a look at, at, at the top 10. You've got, uh, you got Yamaha, Suzuki, Ducati, KTM, Aprilia, all in the top 10. That's, yeah. that's amazing, absolutely amazing. It shows how close, um, you know, everything is. Now, the, the defending champion, Joan Mir, had uh, dramas with the front tyre. Uh, but you've got to understand that there's more to this story. This was the first, sorry, the last race was the first race with the, the new uh, ride height device, which all the other teams have had. Mm. So Suzuki's been lagging a little bit in catching up with the technology. Mm. Now that those guys have got it, you can see the performance you know, instantly. Um, so they're in contention. Whatever went wrong with the tyre, I don't know whether that's a chassis issue that they need to look at, uh, but it wasn't just him. It was a couple of riders that suffered on the front tyre. Um, but yeah, I, I it never ceases to um, uh, put put on a good show. The MotoGP. You, you missed one, the elephant in the room, and this is the bit that I did see and it caught my eye: the Marquez incident, incident yes. with uh, Jorge Martin. <laughs> that was a shocker. That was a shocker. And Look, I think, you're, and you know, as soon as it happened, I said to myself, "Yeah, you know what? You have been found out." 
that was a real dodgy, yep. dodgy move. Yep. Yep. So he in the press conference he accepted responsibility, then he denied responsibility, then <laughs> finally accepted responsibility. He did it with no prompting, mind you, uh, by the, the reporter. Um, and yeah, I believe that he has been found out because he would pull those manoeuvres off, uh, you know, in his, his past championship efforts and get away with it because the yeah. other rider would yield. But now he's got these young guns out there, particularly Martin, mm. that are going, mate, <laughs> I can I can not only keep up with your line, I can better it. Yeah. So, um, but once again, what did I predict at the last uh, podcast? You're going to see a lot of Repsol, and it's going to be lying on its side, sliding <laughs> off the track. That was early in the race too, wasn't it? It yeah. was like, what was it the first or second first lap? Was it the first? First lap? or second lap? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Not 100 yeah. percent sure, but. Uh, it may have been the first lap. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, when I saw it, I thought to myself, oh, well, not that I can't believe it, I do believe it. I, I, he's just been worked out. And look, I mean, we still think he, he's a great rider, but he has been doing that for a long time. Now. He has. Even he, the previous race, he did it. He didn't. He muscles his way in and yeah. bullies people out of the way. Um, these guys are genuinely fast now, mm. you know. And you've got to be honest... We discussed this after his accident, right? Honda were nowhere, were they? Mm. Nowhere to be seen. Then suddenly there's a shock revision. And there wasn't much said about the shock revision, right? Then all of a sudden all these teams have got this ride height device. Like, yeah. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> he, had, he had a technological advance that they were keeping secret and they were keeping it only on his bike. Mm. And they had no choice but to release it to the other bikes. Yeah. Um, yep. And then the rest of the teams, you know, obviously went out. to Olwens and said, what the, where's ours? <laughs> yeah, no, it was um interesting race and uh, it was an interesting really weekend for, for Formula One and MotoGP. And once again, uh, you know, MotoGP coming out on top as much as it pains me to say. My favourite part of the race, the last couple of laps with um, uh, Jack Miller and Alex, um, you know, Alex wanted that just to prove I am the number one rider for this team. So, you know, high Vinyal is, but I'm the guy that's developed this bike and I'm going to get you your first podium. Because, yeah. you know, they've been yearning for that and I guess the decision to go with Vinyal is, was, you know, that was a partial driver in that. Mm. Um, and they had a great battle. It was unbelievable. They really, you know, and that's the thing. There's always something in there uh, you know, whether it's a battle for first, second, third. I mean, at one stage, there was six riders that were in contention for the lead. Mm. Um, and that's what's missing out of a lot of the other motorsports. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, most certainly, most certainly. Anyway, what else have you guys been up to? What's been happening? Work, Nick. Work. work. <laughs> I was going to say work. <laughs> I've been getting some work done on that 34. I've got all the, the oh, rear yeah. section of the uh, chassis all welded up, so... Start on the double frame rail, yeah. um, moving the pedals, a few other bits and pieces. Oh, so, cool. yeah, we're getting there. Yourself, Todd? Um, been selling some cars and spray painting some other things. Yeah, the Subaru's gone. Yeah, the Subaru's finally oh, gone. Oh, really? Congratulations. Yeah, oh, thank you. And ironically, it's now going to live in Australind five minutes from my auntie's house who reckons it was too loud. <laughs> so she's more than impressed with that. So, uh, But very happy owner. Um like yeah so so can, what's what's next totals well what's next? getting the blade master g finally on the road and that's been my other project is that had a few paint scratches in it 
I've actually been doing it myself. Oh, yeah? a, a panel beater wanted a couple of grand to even just look at it, and I went, no, nah, sorry. A couple of grand's cheap these days. Oh, I'm not, I'm again, <laughs> hey, we have... Sort of cost to get a bonnet pony. I'm about to say, we have many panel beaters listen to us, and we many <laughs> many of our friends are panel beaters, but it was literally a... a couple s- of grand to get a card detailed now. Isn't it? <laughs> it yeah. is, actually. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to a few friends of mine that listen to detail cars that... Yeah, the other day I had a really felt the chair with one of my mates. He said, oh, I'll do you a favour, 500 bucks to do a detail. And I went, pardon? <laughs> he went, well, that's cheap. That's mates' rates. And I went... Yeah, but I mean, realistically, right? If it takes 10 hours to yeah, do no, it... Yeah, no, I know. So that's only 50 bucks an hour. But, um, yeah, so I'm going to spray paint. And I'm about to say a big plug to... Um, you, know, you, you probably get more than that for... Turning something on and off from uh, your, off your modem. Not, yeah, turn on your modem off there, from man. an app. Yeah. <laughs> on your phone. And you're complaining about those guys yeah, that actually no. do physical work. But, um, yeah, shout out to, um, well, hang on. I've got to get, got to get the name right. Hang on, because he's got about 14 different names. I know you're going to name and shame him. No, no. <laughs> no, no, I'm actually saying thank you to somebody. Uh, Nathan at the car paint shop in Balcatta. Oh, yep, yep. Nathan's a legend. Um, I. I've known Nathan for many years and basically I walked in there and I showed him a photo and he went, yep, yep, you'll need this, this and this. Come back if you need anything else and on the money. And that was from a photo and a paint coat. That was it. So... Yeah, he's good. He's, he's good. really good. He's matched my interior for the XW numerous yeah. times. That that blue, that funny blue. Oh, yeah. So he's yeah. done a really good job on that. Yeah. So if you need some car paint stuff, um, yeah, Nathan will help you out and... I think What's he his father's name? His father... I can't remember. And Nathan, I think... I was about to say, Nathan does listen, I think, every now and then, and he's probably going to kill me for forgetting it, so... He's he's good too, his father's... Yeah. yeah, equally good. They've moved to a new location. Yeah, they're give, in the... give their address a plug there. Oh, hang on, here they're on Arendale Road now. Yeah. Near Barbecues Galore. Yeah. Or, bar- or Barbecue Bazaar, or something it was called, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it? it's changed names again. But yeah. yeah. Um, but... Let me find the address now, hang on. Opposite from UFC Gym. On Bellcatter Road. Um, unit 12, number 30, Arendelle Road. Yeah. Anyways, when you get off the freeway from Arendelle Road, yeah. turn right. Yep. And uh, they're on the left. Can't miss them. Yeah. Great and guys. They, yeah, and actually the new store is really good. Mm. Um, the old store was is in a bit of a tricky location for them. Yeah. The new store is in a perfect location. Mm. They've got a spray booth out the back. You can hire a spray booth. Now, I saw that. Yeah. They, do, they actually do spray painting lessons. Like, you can go out there and learn how to... You know, use a gun and what, how to mix paints, and hmm. which are again, if you're a weekend warrior like me about spray painting, well worth the investment. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, so yeah. Hey, we need to shout out all four day. We're going to be there. Are you going to be there? I, I may need some babysitters. <laughs> Your wife may be looking after my kids. Yes, <laughs> but so yeah, I, we need to verify you. I'm, look, I'm going to... I'll make there. it happen. Right? I don't know how it's going to happen. <laughs> I don't know how the cars are going to get there. I'm trying to catch up with Solomon so I can use his carpet. Something like that. Get him over there. <laughs> if there's any toys that want to tow, let me know. <laughs> All right. Anyway, we'll... X, Y, at least. You can drive. Both. Both. They've got to be there. Okay. All what right. do you need for the BA? A flatbed? Uh, nah, just to con Trev up. Oh. Trev, Trev can pretty much Trev and Dave that's what we need okay. we need Trev and Dave 
Well, if you're listening, Trev and Dave. <laughs> Need to lock you in. What is it, 3rd of October? 3rd of October, 3rd yeah. of October. Yeah. So, uh, and, uh, and your wife to look after my kids. Yeah, all right. Okay, all right. No, no, no yeah. problem. We're going to have a little tent there, right? Eh? Yeah, yeah. So we're not going to get sunburned. No, no, we we'll have dehydration. We'll get a block castle too. kids will play with them. So, 3rd of October. Yeah. We've got some great cars on the stand. I'm not going to mention them yet. I'm going to leave it as a surprise. Yeah. Well, you guys know anyway. You've seen the email. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway. I'm looking forward to seeing it. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, I know. I, I'm really looking forward to it. No, and good. all the cars are locked in as well, by the way, I must say. Excellent. Yep, they're all locked in. So, 3rd of October, come down and see us. Make sure you come and say hello. We're going to be doing interviews all day. A flatbed for the XY, and then I can take the wife's car with the kids in it. Okay. Anyway. Anyway. It's, it's, I'm, I'm excited. Yeah. And I'm not even bringing my car either. Mine's been crossed off. There you go. Make way for better ones. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, mine has been crossed. That's no joke. Mine has been crossed off. What a good I've spread. Crossed it, I've crossed it off myself. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to it. And uh, our listeners, 88.5 FM listeners as well, head on down there. Come and say hello. Come and say hello. Yeah. You're going you're gonna to go like car to car and do a... I think <coughs> we should, yeah. Mm. yeah. Car to car. And there's a good cross there. We're going from 1969 to... 2000 and I'll need to check but I think it's 2014 wow yeah I need to check that I can't remember if his is a 14 or a 15 yep there you go so check that out yeah and, and trying to get as much in between as well. So, anyway, look, it's a great and awful day. It's still Blue Oval. Um, listen for the ads on 88.5 FM as well. But still Blue Oval. Yeah, the Swannies. That's <laughs> <No, sorry. laughs> <laughs> I thought West Perth were in with a chance. And then like, this weekend, it was... What happened? <laughs> I was pretty gutted, man. I was pretty gutted. But you know what I did learn? I always thought that Melbourne was red and black. It's actually red and blue. Red and blue. Same song. Same too. song. Yep. So Keep I got your to eyes he- on the red and blue. Oh, <laughs> I yeah. got to hear that at least once on yep, the weekend. You did. You did. Did you know that? No. Did you guys know about the curse? No, here we go. The Melbourne curse. The Melbourne curse. No. Nah, nah. So I forget the guys. Oh, Norm Smith. Yep. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> they sacked Norm Smith. Right? Yeah. 64, I think it was. Yeah. And they haven't won a final since. Yeah. And they say it's the curse of Norm Smith. <laughs> Some up. debate as to whether it, the curse will be broken this season. I'll tell you what, the West Coast Eagles stamped the curse on them in 2018. I'll never forget that. Preliminary final at Optus Stadium. Melbourne went in as the favourites. Mm. And the Eagles smashed them. 90 point thrashing. That's yeah. right. That yeah. Unbelievable. And that's, you know, I verifies to... the curse. Yeah. Take that. that. Is... <laughs> Keep your eye on the red and the blue. It'll be interesting to see. Be good if they got up. I liked it when Richmond got up. That was yeah, a, it was. It, you know, in 2017, that was that was great for for Richmond and do, their fans. Do you remember you and I? I'm not going to mention the guy's name, but we were at the workshop. We were working, at, yeah. And he said, "Ah, oh, it's just another final." Yeah, yeah, no, just another. Game. <laughs> and he was a Richmond fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> what? Come on, man. This is not just another yeah. final. Even Nick, Nick's usually pretty quiet, you know. He was yeah. like, mm. 
Yeah, we, we won't say his name. He's probably listening. <laughs> no, he's a top bloke. It was just, it was really understated. Possibly didn't think they were going to win. Yeah, <laughs> that's didn't right. want to get his hopes up. Oh no. All right, guys. Well, look, we'll leave it there. And uh, thanks for thanks for coming in again to another podcast. And thanks for tuning in on eighty eight point five FM or iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you get us on your podcasts. Yeah. All right, guys. We'll catch you in a couple of weeks' time. Yeah. Talk to you soon. See you. Talk to your motorsport and motoring radio show. Now on 88.5 FM, the valley comes alive. And podcasting across iTunes and talkandpower.com.au.